good to be with you. Uh, so um, we're in the middle of preparing for the 40th anniversary uh, of our church. It's coming up in September, September 17, uh, and 16 and 17. Uh, if you want to mark your calendar, uh, that'd be uh, some good days to mark. Uh, we, in preparation, have uh, a team of people, uh, a 40th anniversary committee, uh, who's been working on uh, some things behind the scene, preparing us, and, uh, and all of this has gotten a, a number of us thinking about who we are as a church, where have we come from over these last 40, 40 years, where are we going into the, to the next 40 years, and uh, one of the things that has uh, been a marker for this church uh, from its inception, from the beginning, um, is, is missions. We had a video uh, that wasn't quite working right, so we didn't get to show it, um, but we do have another piece uh, that uh, right now uh, I'm going to ask uh, Sam Clemens to come on up here. Uh, Sam uh, is a graduate of our youth group uh, just a few years ago. He's at Liberty University. Come on up. And um, let's get him a microphone over here. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, Chase has it. So uh, Sam is a graduate of our youth group, uh, is at Liberty University right now, and uh, very soon uh, is going on a mission trip, uh, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that and the ways in which we as a church can support him. Well, good morning, South Run. My name is Sam Clemens, as Pastor Eric just said. Um, for those of you, you might already know who I am, but um, for those of you who don't, um, I was a part of South Run's youth group in my teenage years, and then I also served uh, last year with the uh, youth intern Riley Fernandez um, during the summer. Um, Hold on one second. Yes, make it sure it's on. on. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, I currently attend Liberty University, and I serve as a youth leader at my church down there called Blue Ridge Community Church. Um, so my time at South Run uh, during my teenage years in the youth group really uh, gave me a heart and a passion for youth, um, and um, just for these guys over here and also the guys back at uh, Lynchburg. And it really, um, leading up to my time at Liberty, um, I am really grateful for the time I had with South Run because it really helped me grow my faith. Um, and it really helped me to um, have a heart to serve others and disciple others in the way that I was served and discipled here. Um, so, as mentioned, I go to Blue Ridge Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, me and my girlfriend, Carissa, actually both serve as youth leaders there, and we were given an opportunity to go on a missions trip to Nepal in, in September. Um, and what's interesting is that me and my girlfriend have both been praying, actually separately, for opportunities um, that might open up for us to uh, share and serve, the go uh, serve people and share the gospel internationally. And uh, the Lord prayerfully answered that door for us, um, opened that door for us. So our team uh, is partnering with an organization called Acts of Himalayas. So Acts of Himalayas is an organization that um, trains and leads local pastors in the Himalayan region. Um, and they train them to church plant um, in areas and villages where there are no believers. Um, so uh, our team will actually be hosting a youth conference in a training, sem training center similar to this one that you see here on the screen. Um, and our hope is that with the youth conference, the youth that will attend will hopefully become uh, future pastors and uh, church planters uh, in Nepal and other uh, regions in the Himalayas. And our prayer is just that the Lord will grow our faith and our hearts to serve during our time there in Nepal. Um, so we have some pictures on the screen. So this picture right here is a large conference that is in one of the, tra one of the training centers. This is from a previous trip last year to Nepal that our team went on. Um, so those are all the 
um, pastors and uh, church planners that came together for a conference last year. Um, we can go to the next slide. I think there's a couple more pictures. Yeah. So this right here is a church that just started and in Nepal. And you can see there's uh, minimal, minimal equipment there. It's just a single room. And if you go to the next slide, I believe, yes. Yeah, so the man on the right there is the leader of that small church. And he actually, him and his wife, actually learned four different trades in Nepal so they could help fund their church. Um, and what's interesting about that is that he actually went to a village where he thought there was no believers and found out there's already, already one believer there. And he was like, all right, you just plant the church here. I'll go somewhere else. So um, he's doing the Lord's work over there in Nepal. And we have one last picture, I think, at the very end. Yeah. So this is our pastor, Nade. I believe he's on the right. And there's his two um, believers that are in the village. And that's actually the village we'll be staying at um, for a week in Nepal. And Pastor Nade is actually the leader of the training center that we'll be staying at. He's also helping us um, host the youth conference. And his church partnered with Bloodridge Community Church in Lynchburg. So that he's, our con he's our contact down there and he'll be hosting us. Um, and I believe that is it. But we are actually looking for um, support and prayer from um, you guys. And so this is a QR code that if you want to scan right now, you can go ahead and do so. Um, while it's on the screen, but me and my girlfriend Carissa will be hanging out in the narthex after the service. If you want to come up and learn some more information about the trip, we have some flyers to hand out, um, and we also are accepting donations if you're feeling led to do so. Um, lastly, I do want to say that I am extremely grateful for my time here at Southrun and for all of you for your love and support over the years. I can't explain how it's had an impact on me and on my time in college and in growing in my faith and just... Um, I'm just really happy that I was able to come here and be a part of the youth and be a part of leading the youth as well. Um, so thank you so much. So, let me pray for you. Okay, While I've got Sam here, I'm going to pray over him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just give you praise and thanks for what you're doing in Sam's life and uh, for this opportunity that he has, Lord. Um, my prayer is that uh, the work that is being done be done in his heart and Carissa's heart, uh, but also already in the hearts of those uh, they are going to serve, Lord. Uh, my prayer uh, today is that you go before them and behind them and you work through them uh, for your glory and uh, for your purposes, Lord. I pray that uh, this be a, a trip that they remember the rest of their lives and that begins to do uh, a shaping work uh, in where you are taking uh, Sam and Carissa into the future, Lord. Uh, we just pray over them and ask your blessing upon them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, friends. <clears throat> we are uh, going through the book of Galatians, and indeed, we are in chapter 6. We're nearing the end. Uh, as uh, we start today, um, I, I actually want to begin by pointing you to something uh, that's in the book of Proverbs, uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 26, verses 4 to 5. Uh, I want to start with how uh, I, th I think that wisdom itself works, uh, and it goes like this. I'll just read these two verses back to back and then say a very brief thing. Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. 
Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Right? Did you catch it? So if I were to ask you the question, should you answer a fool according to his folly, what's the answer? Uh, maybe, right? It's a both and, right? In case you missed it, the first time it said, answer not a fool, right, according to his folly. And then the second time it says, answer a fool according to his folly, right? This is how wisdom works. It's not a straight shot, like, always do this one thing. It is a both and kind of thinking. And I think this is exactly what we've got in our passage today in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Another example of how this works. Uh, there's a famous prayer by a guy named Reinhold Niebuhr. You may not know that name, but you probably know this prayer. It's called the Serenity Prayer, and it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so what is wisdom in this situation? Wisdom is well, knowing when to change things and when to accept things, right? It's a both and. It's understanding the situation in which you find yourself and knowing this is a situation in which I should change and, and this is a situation in which I should accept. You with me still? Just a few more examples of, of how this wisdom thinking works. You have, uh, for example, should I work hard or should I rest? And the answer is, well, yes, it's, it's both and, right? Should I be self-disciplined or should I show myself uh, some self-compassion? Both and. Solitude, community, both and. You are enough. We get that a lot in our society. Or you need some maturing. It's a both and. Lead, follow. I have the freedom of a Christian. I have the responsibility uh, to others and to God. All of these, is a, these are a both and, right? And wisdom is knowing in a situation, what do I do? How do I act in this situation? And so when we get to Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, there are two things that seem like they're at odds with one another. They seem contradictory. And I'm telling you this morning, not only are they not, it just simply requires wisdom. I say simply. There's nothing simple about wisdom. But it requires wisdom to know the difference. And so on the one hand, Paul says what? He says, bear one another's burdens. And then at the end, in verse 5, what does he say there? He says, everyone should bear their own load, right? Well, which one is it, Paul? Do we bear one another's burdens, or do we bear our own load? And there Paul says, wisdom, right? It's a both and. And so the central question of today's passage Really, if I could boil it down to, to two English words is, well, what's a burden and what's a load? What are the burdens we're sharing and, and what are the loads that are meant to be carried alone? Let's begin with a, a reading of our scripture. This is Galatians chapter 6, 
We'll start in verse 1, and I'll just slowly read through, and we'll get to the end of verse 5. Paul starts this way. He says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. There is a lot happening in this opening verse. Uh, and so to begin with, he's pointing us back to a few things he's already been talking about. He's been talking about the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit, right? He gives us a list of things that we shouldn't be doing as we walk in the, or we shouldn't be walking in the flesh and what that looks like. And then last week we saw, well, what it looks like to walk in the spirit, right? And we, he gives us the fruit of the spirit. And so here he uses some of the language, in fact, uh, for example, the, the restoration happens in a spirit of gentleness, one of the fruit of the Spirit. And so he's saying, you who are spiritual, those of you who are walking by the Spirit, when you find somebody uh, who has fallen in some fashion, your job is to restore them. And the word here is to actually put them back together. It's like to piece something together that's been broken. It would be easy to think that um, this first line, if anyone is caught in transgression, is just solely about sin. It is about that and it's about more, actually. This idea of, or this word here, to be caught, it's, it's like, to, uh, some translations you might even have, some of you might have one, uh, to be overcome, right? It's like an, an animal is chasing you down and catches you and you are overcome by this thing, right? And it says uh, transgression, yes, but in Paul's mind, actually, transgression and, and even sin, I would say, uh, is bigger than just moral lapse. Uh, it's that for sure. And it's the idea of anything that becomes broken in our world. And so that might mean uh, a, a, an illness that leads to death or near death. And so when this happens, you're not living in some kind of moral lapse, but you might have been overcome by something terrible. And what needs to happen? You need restoration. You need someone to come along and, and to piece you back together. And prayerfully, somebody who is spiritual and somebody who's doing it in a spirit of gentleness. And then Paul gets to the main point here. And he gives the piece of advice that we want to and need to talk about this morning, which is bear one another's burdens, right? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, this one should actually come as no surprise to most of us. If, if you're a Bible reader, uh, this sort of thing happens all the time throughout Scripture, right? Where, whether it's Jesus, whether it's the prophets, you know, it doesn't matter. It's on just about every page of Scripture. We could probably give you hundreds, if not thousands, of examples of the Bible telling you, hey, take care of one another, right? Love your neighbor, or Jesus telling parable after parable, like the, uh, the, the Good Samaritan who, who finds himself walking down a street and he sees a guy who has just been uh, uh, nearly killed, and what does he do? He stops to bear the burden of this other person, right? And so this is something we're very used to, bearing one another's burdens, or we're at least used to hearing it. And so in many ways, this comes as no surprise, 
I will say this, I, I love and appreciate that Paul put in there the, the bit just before that that says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Here again, the temptation is not just temptation, it's, it, it hints at the trial that this person is going through. Temptation or trial, it's the same idea here. And what's happened is somebody has found themselves in a trial, again, whether a moral lapse or otherwise. And then somebody else comes along, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you get so deep in the weeds with somebody else's trial, you might actually become overcome with it as you try to bear that burden with them. And so Paul gives us a keep watch, friends, watch out. Because it is actually possible that as you jump in to help this person, you too might be overwhelmed by their situation. He goes on. And in verse 3, he says, For if anyone thinks he is something, then he is nothing. Or when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And here, he could be talking about what comes before this. This is verses maybe one and two. It could be reference to that, which is saying, if you don't recognize the ways in which you have benefited from others' generosity, or if you don't recognize the ways in which others have come along and supported you in a time of need, and you think yourself something or something more than you actually are, uh, Paul is pretty stark here, uh, then you're just simply deceiving yourself, right? It may also hint at what's to come, however, in this passage. The piece of the passage that's going to say we should each have our own load to bear. And so he's reminding us, well, there are some things in life that are indeed yours and yours alone to bear. We're coming to that. And so in verse 4, he continues, he says, but let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. And this testing that is happening here, again, other translations have things like examination, like to look intently at. Take a very close look at what it is that you've actually done, lest you credit to yourself something that someone else has done, or frankly, something that God himself has done. And he says, take a close look. And then he says at the very end, for each will have to, uh, have to bear his own load. So the question here is, the big question of the day, what is a burden and what is a load? I'd like to start with a, a raise of hands here. Um, I'm interested, I, I don't know that I've ever heard a sermon on uh, this topic. Has anybody, this is a dangerous question to ask, uh, lest you start like comparing whatever I'm about to say with what you've heard before, but has anyone ever heard a sermon on this? Or, or if not a sermon, like some sort of like talk uh, or read a book that has a, a piece about burdens and loads and the differences between these? Has anybody? Go ahead. I mean, feel free. Yeah. Okay. Just like one person. Um, kudos, uh, first of all. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I had until just a few months ago. 
And yet, what I'm about to say, I think is probably one of the most practical things I will have said in my six years here. Uh, and so my hope is uh, that literally every single person should gather something from what we're about to talk about here. Because I actually think the problem that we're bumping into with this passage happens all the time in churches. Too many of us take up uh, loads that are not ours to bear. We take up somebody else's load, and it's actually their load, their thing that they are supposed to carry. And then we baptize it and say, we're being nice, like we're, uh, we're, we're being gentle, we're, we're, we're living out the fruits of the Spirit, when in actuality, we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing. We're carrying a load that is not ours to carry. And then there's the other side, of course, which is that we're not bearing other people's burdens, those things that actually need to be borne up together. We're probably used to that sermon. We may not be as used to the other side of it. All right, so what is a burden and what is a load? Uh, to begin with, uh, these are just, uh, these are categories that uh, Paul has given us, and they're kind of rooted in the Greek ideas happening behind the scenes uh, in the Greek words, uh, but they're also like Paul giving us wisdom and me trying to ferret out like the wisdom itself that is standing behind what Paul has said. Let's start with the load, the thing that one must carry alone. This is, um, to use language we're going to get to in a moment, this is like the backpack of our life that is ours and ours alone, right? No one else should carry that backpack for you. This is yours. Some of it is given to us at birth. Maybe it's our gender, our race, our socioeconomic status, the birth family we're born into, our intellect, our capabilities. This is our backpack. No one's going to pick this up for you. This is yours. Much of it, however, what's in that backpack, it gets picked up along the way. This might be your job, your daily responsibilities, the ability to provide food or shelter, your emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being. These are in your backpack, and only you can do those. Only you can hold those. We should not expect someone else to carry it. And so words connected with this idea are things like, very American ideas, by the way, personal responsibility, our duty, taking pride in our hard work, right? The American values and the American way. Some of the individualism, we're doing a, a study on what it means to be community, and, and, and there are some disadvantages to individualism that we need to get to. Um, but this is one of these where, no, there should be a sense of, like, ownership, right, over... Uh, uh, over the, the things that are yours in life. So if that's what a load is, well, then what's the burden? The burden tends to be something more temporary or circumstantial. It's often a hardship that comes out of nowhere. It requires uh, help in order to overcome it. So like huge things like severe illness or the sudden loss of a job, tragedy, death of a loved one, trauma, think of like a house fire. But it also is smaller things, 
Maybe like double booking your day and, and realizing you need help getting your child from school or getting bad news and you need to be cheered up so your friend brings you a smoothie. You're gonna be gone all day and you don't want your dog home alone for 12 hours so you need someone to jump in, right? The truth is this actually, burdens and loads, they're not as clear cut as we might wish they were and they often start to bleed into one another and understanding the difference between a burden and a load it's going to be a judgment call at times. And so if I'm constantly calling my friend saying, hey, I forgot I had this thing. Can you pick up my kid? Right? It's one thing to do that like once. And then maybe a, a second time a few months later. But if it's something you're doing on a weekly basis or on a regular basis, then we might not have a, a burden problem we might have a load problem, right? And you're not carrying your own load in that situation. There's a very famous book by Henry Cloud and John Townsend called Boundaries. I think they're the ones who kind of found this passage and, and really put some meat to it. And so they say this about our passage today. The Greek word for burden means excess burdens, or burdens that are so heavy that they weigh us down. These burdens are like boulders. They can crush us. We shouldn't be expected to carry a boulder by ourselves. It would break our backs. We need help with the boulders, those times of crisis and tragedy in our lives. In contrast, they go on, the Greek word for load means cargo or the burden of daily toil. This word describes the everyday things we all need to do. The loads are like knapsacks. Knapsacks are possible to carry. We are expected to carry our own. We are expected to deal with our own feelings, attitudes, and behaviors, as well as the responsibilities God has given to each one of us, even though it takes effort. That last little bit I think is important and bears repeating. The loads in our lives they describe as our own feelings, right? What's happening here. Our own attitudes, what's happening up here. Our own behaviors, the things we do out here. As well as the responsibilities that God has given to each of us. Those are in that backpack. and Those are the things we carry around and no one should take from us. Those are ours. Likewise, we shouldn't try to take those from other people, right? Someone else's feelings or someone else's attitudes or someone else's behaviors or somebody else's responsibilities that are their God-given responsibilities, those are not for us to actually take and to walk with. And when we do, it actually does damage to the community does damage to the relationship, and probably even does damage to you. Uh, there's a guy named Jay Holland. Uh, he has a podcast called Let's Parent on Purpose. The context of, of parenting actually is a really nice context here uh, for understanding the difference between loads and burdens. Because what happens is over time, actually you give your child a backpack and it has so many, only so many things in it but over time, you're doing what? 
you're giving them more and more and more responsibility as life goes on, and this is appropriate. And their, their backpack, as they get bigger, well, their backpack should be getting bigger as well, and they should be having more and more responsibilities that are theirs. Jay Holland says it this way, every single person in life has a certain amount of responsibilities that constitutes their own personal load. This is their backpack. When you're little, your backpack might include tying your own shoes, picking up after yourself, apologizing when you've done wrong, and acceptable chores. When you grow up, your backpack includes paying your own bills, processing your emotions, showing up on time, doing your own work. The Bible commands each of us to bear our own load. On the other hand, however, we know that if we live long enough, every single person will also have their share of calamity and trial. These burdens can feel like boulders. Have you ever tried to carry a boulder? You can't at least not for very long at all. What are boulders? They, or he says it could be sickness. It could be injury, family death, or tragedy, a series of ter terrible events. There's no end to the types of boulders people encounter, and the Bible commands us to bear one another's burdens, their boulders, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Parents in the room... As we raise our children, what do we do? Over time, we should be giving them increasing amounts of responsibilities that are appropriate to their age and to that child, right? Every child is different, and every child needs its own, uh, his or her own um, amount of responsibility given their age. But by, that time, by the time that child is leaving your house at age 18, their backpack should be stuffed with all kinds of things that will do what? They'll actually help them get through in the world, right? And so the question of uh, whether or not we are giving them responsibilities is not a question of like offloading somehow our responsibilities. It's actually giving them tools to make it through life. There are four possible problems that arise when we confuse burdens and loads. There are four possible problems, and I want to alert you to all four and spend most of our time with the last of them. When someone who has a burden refuses to help because they think it's a load that must uh, that must be carried alone, we have a problem, right? If you are carrying a burden, one that is too heavy, but you keep refusing help from somebody else, you are carrying a burden alone, and it's not meant to be that way. It is meant to be shared, and it's okay to share it. Or the flip side, if you see someone with a burden that's impossible to carry, and you have the ability to help that person carry that burden. Well, then what? It is our responsibility to do that. So if someone refuses to help the person who is indeed burdened, well, then we have a problem. On the load side of things, when someone wants others to bear the load that they alone should bear, we have a problem, right? 
So if I, I'm saying that I've got this backpack and, well, I'd really like someone else to carry that for me, something has gone wrong. But the fourth one is the one that I'm going to guess at least the majority, if not the vast majority of this room struggles with from time to time. And it goes like this. When someone wants to bear someone else's load for that other person, we have a problem. When that person, whether it's a child or a grown-up, has their own backpack to carry, and you jump in and you carry it for them, we have a problem. What happens in this situation is that it looks like you are living out the fruit of the Spirit, right? It looks like things like um, uh, gentleness or, or patience or kindness or being good or faithful to this person. Like, these are all fruit. And it looks like you're helping that person. But sometimes, to quote the title of a book, helping hurts <laughs> the other person. And they become enabled uh, on your help, right? And so there are certain signs that you might become aware of that you are inclined to be load-bearing instead of burden-bearing. Things like people-pleasing, Maybe you have low self-esteem, communication issues, poor boundaries, constant feelings of guilt or shame, reactivity, control issues. All of these might actually indicate that you're too quick to jump in and carry someone else's load when the proper response might be to encourage them, but to allow them to carry their own load. Again, to remind you of uh, what boundaries, the book boundaries, uh, says about loads is, is that they are feelings, their emotions, their, their thoughts, their attitudes, their behaviors, as well as responsibilities. And if you're jumping in and you're trying to manage somebody else's feelings, emotions, if you're trying to manage their thoughts, their attitudes, if you're trying to manage their behaviors, or you're just taking on their responsibilities, again, we have a problem. The danger is that it looks like you're helping when in actuality we're not. So what do we do? With this last example, at least, but frankly, with all of these, and I should say, you can live out all four of these problems in the same body, right? You, you can do all of the, you can, you know, uh, be a person that doesn't take up the burden when you should. You can be the person who gives over your load when uh, you actually should be carrying it yourself. Uh, you can be the person who is carrying someone else's load and uh, really uh, should not be doing that. You can do them all at the same time. But what do we do? Well, first acknowledging in your life the differences between these two things. What is mine to carry and what is somebody else's to carry? If bearing other people's loads is such a regular part of your life, my guess is, from what I understand about how this works at a psychological and emotional level, 
you're probably not going to just will it away. You're not just going to one day wake up and say, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. There's a literal retraining of your brain that's probably going to have to happen. It will likely involve work. Maybe work with a counselor or a coach to find some underlying causes as to why you keep jumping in and saving people from their own life. It might be something from your childhood. It might be trauma of some kind. A belief system that made its way into your head at some early point and you just can't get it out. Something that needs fixing. Maybe it's an emotional or spiritual change that is uh, a necessary part of all of this. And so if this is you, if you are someone who bears other people's loads, I'm going to give you a load of yours uh, that you must carry now. And it goes like this. Stop bearing other people's loads. <laughs> right? That's, the lo that's your load in life, is to stop carrying other people's loads. To carry your own and to be okay with whatever it is in that other person's life that you can't manage, that you can't carry, that you shouldn't carry, and that they must do themselves. To conclude all of this, and to bring this back to Jesus and how Jesus fits into this equation, Jesus says in uh, Luke chap or Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then he concludes it this way. He says, my yoke is easy. The thing that I'm putting upon you is easy, and you know that my burden is light. Now, Jesus is the same Jesus who also says that everybody has to bear their own crosses in life, right? So what he's not saying is life should be easy as long as you're a Christian and you follow me, right? That, this is not what he's getting at. He's not just simply saying that, yeah, uh, whatever backpack you've got on, that should be easy as long as you're a Christian. Not what he's saying. Instead, he's saying, as we come to him, he is a savior who is willing to walk alongside us. And as we walk the path of Jesus himself, he shows us that the easiness that he walked with is the same kind of easiness that you and I can walk with as well. In Isaiah 53, we read, Surely he has borne our griefs. This is the Jesus who bears our griefs. He carries our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. With his wounds, we are healed. We indeed have our own loads to bear in life. They're not necessarily easy. I understand that. But we have a Savior who encourages us to bring those to Him. 
He will bear them with us. He will walk alongside us. He will bear our griefs for us and carry our sorrow for us. And with his wounds, we are indeed healed. I want to conclude with a prayer uh, from a woman named Sarah Geringer that I quite liked. And it connects directly with the loads and the burdens we've been talking about. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the load that you have given me to carry. I confess that I have often complained about it as if I were a victim. But today I choose to see my load as a blessing of responsibility. Lord, you know the burdens I carry, the disasters that come out of nowhere, the injustices that others caused in my life, and the burdens I have created for myself. Set me free from them today, Jesus. I lay them at the feet of the cross. Today I take up your yoke of obedience and surrender. I trust you to carry the heaviness for me. I know that as I draw close to you, you will give me rest and peace. In Jesus' name, amen.